Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. John Ledyard and Trevor Sikkim of thedraftnetwork.com here with you guys to talk about our top five preseason interior defensive linemen and preseason edge defenders. For me personally, this list does not necessarily mean that it will stay this way throughout the entire draft season and into, or throughout the entire season and into draft season, things are going to change, players are going to emerge, people are going to pop up. For Trevor, this is his exact list and it won't change throughout the entire process or you can drag him repeatedly on the TL. This is true. It makes my job easier for the draft network. I only have to publish one article a year. There you go. Um, and it just has my prospect rankings in August because, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm never wrong. So. Right. Exactly. So no real reason for you to go back on some of these. Me, on the other hand, I'm not on that level. So actually, this is just my last episode of the podcast because oh. there's no reason to. Uh, yeah, that's true. To come back. Well, you have ranks. to list your other positional rankings. Oh, you're right. That's we do it. have to get to the end. But of then that. we you're can right. be done with you after that. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. Interior defensive line. Um, we got to go five to one. I think. You want to go five to one? Yeah. One shouldn't be a surprise for anybody. Let's go five to one, though. We'll each say our number I fives. Like you start with one, then, if one's not going to be a surprise. Well, you want to start with number one? Yeah. It just I feel like, like on like like all the other positions, we could start with one. But it feels like we're giving it away, though. But are we? I don't know. All right, are we? All right, fine. You know what? I'll do it. Uh, whatever. We'll do it the way that you want it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. All right, my fifth guy. My fifth guy is actually Robert Landers from Ohio State. Um, okay, was, you were compelled by that stat we found: twenty-six tackles, thirteen tackles for loss I in mean, his career. I was com- compelled just watching his tape, uh, but it, it's there's some real intrigue behind him because I just wonder why he hasn't played more. Um, and I know you know we talked about this last week when we were going over interior defensive line guys. Ohio State often just loves to out-athlete you in basically every single position. And so it makes sense why they would get certain guys in rotations. And they had a couple of guys that have come and gone over the last couple of years while Landers has been there. But And so that's why I think it's really interesting that we're going to be able to see him this year where it's kind of him and Jones, Draymond Jones, who are basically just those interior guys. And they're going to rotate plenty, as Ohio mm-hmm. State always does. But um, I think Landers has a real chance to shine and – I know it's uh, just a few, like a couple of instances here and there, but like you said, those stats are crazy. The amount of production that he's had for the limited amount of time he plays. I'm hoping he gets a much more full time role. But I really liked what I saw from him yep. from uh, from a movement standpoint and from the size he has. And so mm-hmm. he's my fifth guy. I like him too. Uh, in this year, no Tracy Sprinkle, no uh, Michael Hill, and the inside, no Sam Hubbard, no Tyquan Lewis. No, Jalen Holmes, all those guys played on the inside at times. You know, that was rotations that they used frequently. So there's five guys out of your rotation, at least. I may be forgetting someone, too. So, yeah, I think it is going to be a lot more snaps for Robert Landers this year. And it's hard to deny the impact he's made just in such a few amount of snaps. Uh, You know, statistically, way bigger impact than Draymond Jones even. So interesting stuff with Landers. Definitely one of the guys I'm most excited to watch more of as he plays more this season. My fifth guy is Isaiah Bugs, though, uh, from Alabama. Just a solid guy who I think is going to be a, a contributor in the NFL. What's the upside with him? I'm not really sure. It's definitely a little bit safe to include him right now. He's got some things he needs to work on. He can definitely improve in some areas. I don't know that you're ever going to get a really highly productive player, 
but I think he'll get a contributor for sure, a rotational guy, a guy that can play a couple different techniques and do his job pretty well. So Bugs is not really that risky of a pick. Uh, other guys could certainly pass him up because they do have more high-end athleticism. We're also going to see more Bugs this year, I bet, than we have even in years past. So it will be a little bit easier to evaluate what his, what his abilities are as a pass rusher and what his ceiling is. He's got the, the frame, I think. So yeah, yeah. I'm with you. He's powerful, um, dude. My fourth guy is, is Richard Lawrence. Uh, from LSU, uh, he has some of, of the best hands that I've seen of any of these guys so far. I think he uses it really well as a primary weapon. I think his size is fine. Um, he's a little bit bigger, like bigger built around like the midsection, but like that's fine. I mean, some of these guys above him are just, I think, built a little bit better. But gotta have that. I power think Lawrence gun. wins it. That power. Uh, he does. He kind of. He kind of does. And so, I mean, like you're playing interior defensive line, so it's not necessarily like it's a bad thing or anything like that. And I don't think he holds it bad or, or anything, in that sense. And so, I thought he was pretty good off the snap. I thought again, he had he had great hands, fast, violent, could control guys, got good leverage. And so, uh, um, he's a guy that I didn't know much about before we started doing this scouting series. And so, I'm really interested to see him more as. His name is kind of in the spotlight, and it's going to be here in 2018. And so I'm looking forward to seeing a full another year of him to see where he can improve and see what he can do with those hands, what other things that he can do with it, you know, different kinds of moves, different kinds of leverage, power, all that. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's my fourth guy too. Uh, I really okay. like Lawrence. Yeah, I'm high. I'm on afraid him. that our lists are going to be extremely similar now. They probably will be for interior D line at least. Well, yeah, we've we've kind of agreed on most of these. Last year, I felt like we disagreed a lot. So far, we haven't had many strong disagreements, but we'll see. Uh, Lawrence is my number four guy. Um, I, I like you said all the things you said, but he has to stay healthy, and there has to be more of a consistent plan of attack with him. Um, you know, he's definitely not all the way there yet, but he has the look of a player who stay healthy. I think he breaks out this season. I think he's on everybody's radar. Not a lot of people talking about him. A lot of people have Dexter Lawrence or Christian Wilkins or Derek Brown or one of those guys, Jerry Tillery, on this list over Lawrence. But I really think Lawrence is is that talented of a player he impressed me more than those guys when i watched him on tape and i think this is a big year coming up for him mm-hmm. uh simmons jeffrey simmons from mississippi state we're gonna be three. the same the rest of the way out aren't we i know i know um he's it's he's, pretty he's, clear he's, though i don't even feel like it's that big a hot takes like it's not jeffrey simmons was clearly better than christian wilkins and dexter lawrence on tape right oh god yeah i mean, not like, even close and with richard lawrence maybe there's some projection sure well, like Jeffrey Simmons, Simmons is huge. Is yeah, Simmons is, is straight up better than those guys. He's bigger. He's stronger. He carries his weight better. He shows more production. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that with Simmons, you're getting closer to the complete package than you are with any of those other guys right now. Plus, there's more upside. I well, they mean they might be their complete package, but I think that's why Simmons is higher, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he just – and I was tempted to put Simmons over Davis, over Raekwon Davis, who I'm sure is who we both have number two, mm-hmm. just because I think he's a better pass rusher right now, and that I really do value that. But Davis is just so consistently dominant. I don't know. It was it was tricky for me. It was hard. It really kind of depends on what you value. But I think Davis just has – you know, if, if you're just – I think he locks down a starting spot right away because he's so good against the run. And I think that he's going to be – he's capable of getting to the next step as a pass rusher. So I see him as the more complete, consistent player right now than Simmons, but would not surprise me at all if Simmons ends up being higher on my rankings 
uh, than Davis in the near future. Yeah. Davis is kind of a freak. He's just, I'm, how just, do you play that low, that uh, yeah. leverage, that consistently good with technique? I don't get in it. In the trenches at his side. I mean, he's almost 6'7". Yeah. He's That's truly why, I a mean, freak. I can't, I, I can't put Simmons over Davis. I just can't. Yeah. Because even in the, even, even in the flashes of pass rush that I've seen from Davis, they're just crazy. It's like him ripping off three, like two, three dudes and getting mm-hmm. to the quarterback. Yeah. It's like, geez, nobody else is doing this. Now, Ed Oliver's both of our number ones. But wow, dude, way to spoil it for people who are wondering who was my number one. Yeah, it's not like we we like gushed about him for ten minutes on our, on our last time we talked interior D line. Um, here's an interesting thing, though. I've been told in the past week reliably that Ed Oliver plays at 274 pounds. That's that's going to be an issue, not for you, maybe, not for me, maybe. But for NFL teams to project him inside, if he were to weigh in, now that's I mean, if he, he's got he time to put on weight, he doesn't yeah. have a large frame, so it, he is going to be closer to maxed out. I don't think he's ever going to be able to carry 290, 295, but I can live with that. 274 is lighter than any other guy that plays inside on a snap-to-snap basis in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So it, you and I won't have a huge issue with it because we see him destroying the AAC and what Texas tech and who else do they play out of conference? I forget it's cl- clown school. And like nobody really if, <laughs> clown here's <the> school. <laughs> here's the question. That was Fake football out school. of nowhere. Clown Arizona, school. <laughs> Arizona, Arizona is the other team they play. What conference are they in? Here's the what thing. They, what, what conference is clown school in? Pac-12, Big 12, the schools that you call fake football, you tell me which is more offensive. <laughs> yeah, Big 12 Big Twelve don't play real football. So so if, if we see him against AAC opponents and we see him against Texas Tech and Arizona, not really offensive line hotbeds of talent, and, okay. he's, and he's fine, okay, in those games, obviously. He's dominant. I think it's still fair to say there's an unknown with Ed Oliver against a higher caliber of opponent that which he doesn't play on a consistent basis or even at a, really at all and then what the one bowl game they got to play in was against florida state right <laughs> the worst offensive line in power five football probably so i think it is difficult to say that we have a the full picture of ed oliver and that we're gonna have the full picture of him but we've probably got to be comfortable with that and his weight weigh-ins will matter but i think he'll get to 285 it's hard to it's hard to look at Ed Oliver and be like, okay, well, what do you want to see from 2018? Don't get hurt. Right. That's it, really. Basically, yeah. Against I mean, that level of competition, yeah. He's, he's not going to put on 10 pounds playing in college football. There's just not a reason to. He's just not going to do it. Um, especially when he's already the number one overall mm-hmm. defensive tackle, could be the number one overall defensive prospect. It's like LeBron in the slam dunk contest. You don't have to do anything if people already think you're number one. Why would you risk the money that you're going to make? I mean, this is a dude who's already declared for the NFL draft a year and a half out before he's even going to get selected. You know, like, he's not going to do anything to risk his draft stock, and that includes him gaining weight, I think. so. Well, I he's going to play. We're not even— He's going to oh, play. Yeah, that's, I, riskier, yeah, that's riskier right. to his draft stock in I a guess, lot of ways than yeah, gaining guess, weight. I guess you're right. I guess you're, he he ain't gonna play the bowl game though. 
He probably won't, but that no. is actually, ironically enough, the best chance for him to show that he can hold up against high-end competition. I know, that's why I'm saying one. we're not going to see anything different from Ed Oliver this year. Right. Like, I bet he doesn't well, play in the bowl game either. I know we joked at the beginning of, of the this podcast, like, well, the rest of the year, but like, what you see of Ed Oliver is likely, I mean, it can't change. It can't really change because I don't think he's going to gain 10 pounds. I don't think he's gaining 10 pounds until. So you think he's going to go into his combine weigh-ins or yeah, combine weigh-ins at 274 pounds. I bet he comes in at 280, which is still light. Still light. Yeah, still light. Uh, I doubt he gets any bigger than 280 for the combine. I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. Seems like minimal thing, but I just feel like if he's a 285, Everybody will be fine if he's a 274, 275. Right, but if you already think he's out. good <laughs> and worth a top three pick, I, why would, would you risk I would agree with you, except that the level of competition is going to be a question mark because of his weight. Like if he were playing in the SEC I hear you. at 274 pounds. I'm, I hear you, but unless we see somebody totally emerge – out of this next year and obviously that's something that could realistically happen this dude's getting picked in the top three right now so yeah that's kind of my thing it'll be interesting to see i think the nfl is going to be worried about it just like you and i are right now but is it going to be worried enough to not pick him probably not yeah yeah a lot changes in a year but i agree i mean he's for he's i mean he he's too talented not to take in the top 10 i just think that is going to be a concern for teams uh who worry about his size? I mean, heck, Grady Jarrett was bigger than him. He fell all the way to the freaking fifth round. So, and I mean, the NFL's got, stupid. So, yeah, no, that no, was dumb. Uh, okay, edge, edge uh, rankings. We're gonna differ a little more here, probably. I feel like. Who's your number five? I feel like a sellout. Because <laughs> well, I want to be different. You want to be different, but I want to be different. But five is Rashawn Gary. So. Okay, I, I have Rashawn Gary four. So, oh, okay, that makes me feel. So a little we're bit. a little bit different. I, me, like, I only have, I have four because I don't, I don't like anybody else. <laughs> I have three guys that I was kind of like thinking about as the number five one. It's Gary, and I didn't love his tape. Burns, who you know, I I have a real intrigue to his upsize of what he could be, mm-hmm. and then obviously Sutton Smith are the three guys that I thought about, and I, I think in my head I want Sutton Smith don't to be it, Trey Hendrickson. <laughs> But he's, he's not, not even, even close to the size. Not even close. So, like in my head, but that's why I'm just I'm just saying to you, like in my head, I I want him to be Trey Hendrickson because I see similar things of the way they came up and the production they had and the effort that they have when they're rushing the passer and everything and like I see similarities there, but he's not even close to Hendrickson's size. Yeah. So, I I just I just can't. So he'll be a fan Gary's, favorite, Sutton Smith, but he is. I he just will. he'll can't, be you know. And look, man, as a day three guy, cool, sure. great, don't care. Um, but I just don't know how much better he can be at that kind of size. So yeah. Uh, so Gary, it is. I think Gary has, um, really good athleticism for his size. I think he's got ideal size to play as a tra- traditional edge, and you can get creative with him a little bit more, like, d- depending on how well he develops p- certain pass rush moves and understands what he's doing. Cause right now I didn't really understand what he's doing. He just gives a lot of effort. He's a strong dude and he's a fast dude. So you gotta bet on athleticism. That's what this is all about. You gotta be able to bet on the things that you can't teach. And you could teach a guy how to have a plan. You could teach a guy how to have technique. You can teach a guy how to do pass rush moves. You can't 
teach guys Gary's size to move the way that Gary does with his kind of motor. So with that said, I think he's got to be in the top five Ed conversation, whether you're big on his tape or even not. Yeah. There you go. I mean, I have Joe Jackson fifth. Um, I thought about Burns here. I like Jackson's tape a little bit more, but I also have seen more of Jackson than I have of Burns. So I could definitely see by the time the season rolls around, I get to a little more Burns tape him overtaking Jackson because you might be right about the upside. I don't know that Joe Jackson has a ton of upside. I think he's an NFL contributor. I think you know he's got to fix the pad level a little bit, but he does play pretty strong. He's got great size, great length. Um, he surprisingly doesn't really get pushed around despite the fact that he plays too high. It just hurts him as a pass rusher because he can't drop those pads in corner. And so if you can't corner as an edge rusher, there's a real limited ceiling, I think, on what you can be. Now, he does convert speed to power better than you'd expect, um, I think, because he isn't like a, a bulky guy per se. Um, and he is a longer guy. Usually that's a little bit t- difficult for like those tall guys. He does tend to, when he decides I'm converting speed to power, he does drop the pads there. So I like Joe Jackson. I just don't know that Joe Jackson is going to be that great. Like, I don't know what the ceiling is for Joe Jackson at the next level. So that would be my concern with him. Um, and then Rashawn Gary's my number four guy. I think you actually probably still like his athleticism more than I do. I think he may test well. I don't know whether it's the athleticism that translates to the NFL in all facets. He's a very unusual mover kind of herky-jerky, not a very big strider, which I think is really important when you play on the edge. You've got to be able to cover ground to get to the outside hip of the tackle. He does not really cover that ground very quickly, even when he does time the snap up well. You know, that second, third, fourth step, they don't really cover a ton of ground. Um, So I think Gary may end up being at his best on the inside. He's good against the run. He's very physical and very strong, uh, good pad level most of the time. I think that may be his his spot. Uh, he's dropped some weight. I think he's in the two seventies. Probably weighs about the same as uh, as uh, Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver. Yeah, <laughs> he's a little bit taller, uh, Gary. Um, so I think that we could see him potentially bump inside for someone. Uh, he's going to be an interesting player because finding the exact fit for him is going to be important. I don't know that I see him as a pure edge rushing guy in the NFL. He's got no pass rush moves at all right now. So a lot of progress needs to be made this year. Well, my fourth guy is Montez Sweat, so that that means that I have somebody in my top three in your top five, right? So wait, your your third guy not, is Montez Sweat, or your fourth guy? Uh, my fourth guy is Montez okay. Sweat. Yeah. So so you do have somebody in your top three. I know who it is too. I like, yeah, I like Montez. Um, but I wasn't crazy about him. Go ahead and sleep. I, Go ahead. I, I'm all right. Okay, I'm gonna get my eight hours and. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna see how he does in 2018 because I thought a lot of his thought a lot of his production was like effort production. I didn't see a lot of like individual like him just straight up beating his guys. But wow, you know, I'm 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 hurt. I'm hurt. I think is the main thing because I have a lot of Montez Sweat thoughts. But that's your number four guy. Mm-hmm. Number three guy probably for both. Uh, well, no, maybe not. No, I don't think it is because my number three guy is Cleveland Farrell. Yeah, I figured. Is yours is not, right? Mine is not. Okay. Cleveland Farrell to me is kind of who he is, and this is kind of how it goes for me. Like Jackson, meh. Like I couldn't really find a fifth guy to get excited about. He was fine. Rashawn Gary, I'm just kind of curious. Like I don't really I don't really know what he is yet. I don't think he is anything yet. Like if he came out this year, I wouldn't if if he had come out last year for whatever reason, I wouldn't have been excited about him as a prospect. 
but I could be excited about him, but this year is just huge for him. I see him as a guy that I can't really get a full picture of until I see one more season of him because he was just so unrefined last year. Uh, And then Farrell to me is kind of like, I know who he is. He can definitely has ways that he can win. It's just not going to be ways that you need, I think, to win to be a high-end producer in terms of sacks, pressures in the NFL. I love his hands at the top of the arc. I love his energy. He's got a pretty good first step. He needs to uh, fire out more than he fires up. Is that possible? He definitely has flexibility issues. I don't trust him as a as a bender to the pocket uh, really at all. So he ha- does find other ways to win. He is in the first round conversation, I think. But I will probably not have a first round grade on him unless I see some different stuff this year from him. I'm very open to that. I think Bradley Chubb got a lot better his final year. Derek Barnett got a lot better his final year. In those ways, I had some some similar concerns, not to the extent that I have about Farrell, um, that I had about those guys, and I thought they really improved in their last seasons. So I'm really I'm excited. I mean, Farrell's only going to be a redshirt junior too, so there's a lot to look forward to with Farrell. I think this season, so I'm excited about him. I don't know that the same ceiling is there with some other guys, but he's my number three guy. Yeah, I have I have Farrell as my number two, um, right. and I see I see a lot of the same things that you do. I just think I see a more solid prospect, and I think out of out of this group of guys that we're talking about right now at this point in time, I trust what I see from Farrell, who has shown more. Though you're right, there are limitations there. It's I, I, I've, man, for like for the last year, I've wanted to be like I want to be all in on Cleveland Farrell. Like I want to be all in on him. But mm-hmm. like you said, there's just times where he's just stiff and he just can't bend here and there, and I can't get myself to be all in on him i think he is um i think he is going to be a solid nfl player i don't know where his ceiling is i'm worried it's lower than i'm hoping that it is just because of like you said there's there's limitations that aren't really that are almost that that are mainly physical with him i think Mm -hmm. that he does a good job outside of that and so um but i do think he's a very solid overall edge player that's why he's my number two guy my number three guy going backwards is Anthony Jennings from Alabama. Uh, I am really, really intrigued by him because of the size that he has, um, because of the moments where I've seen him get jumps on the snap, get around the corner, set guys up in different ways. Uh, we, when we talked about him, when we were previewing when we were previewing you guys earlier this week, you know, I, I talked about how Alabama goes up against like option offenses all the time, and Jennings almost always it's what you think of like guess is right with where the ball is going but it happens so often you've got to think to yourself okay he's not just straight up guessing here he's actually mentally processing things at a really high speed I also think that's important for a pass rusher once you're able to develop different kind of moves and we've talked about pass rushing with a plan and if you can mentally process things in chaos and as everything's going on around you and you know what's going on you can make the next move you can tell your body to do this do that I think he has the athleticism to take that mental processing, turn it into a pretty decent pass rusher. And so I'm pretty high on Anthony Jennings' upside. I really am with the size um, and and all those intangibles that I just kind of listed there. So he's my three. I thought about putting him at number two. I really did because his ceiling to me might be higher than what I've seen from Farrell. So there you go. See, I don't – now here's – the truth is I actually forgot about Anthony Jennings, and he actually would be my fifth guy on this list. But I don't see the same ceiling that you see with Anthony Jennings. I don't really know that he is this great athlete. I think that he's a good player though. I like him a lot. Um, I wouldn't say that he's like a, like a, like a crazy athlete 
I yeah. I, but I, I do think he's I think he's athletic for his size. I really do, and that means something to me. So we also have to think about Alabama edge rushers. Like they have a different style because they do play contain so much at Alabama. And a lot of these guys drop and they rotate and they play run steps first. Like, so they won't necessarily be in position to like tee off and go after the quarterback. Right. We don't, I mean, in there and look at the NFL, not a lot of these guys have become good pass rushers, right? Like that's, that's an issue um, that's worth thinking about. And I wonder in the athletic testing, has revealed a lot of those limitations that you couldn't tell from tape because they aren't teeing off. So you can't really see how explosive they are. And so I am curious to see what happens with Jennings in that regard. You know, Rashawn Evans has rushed off the edge a lot, even though he was an off ball guy, there were concerns about his athletic testing and he didn't really do everything, you know, at his pro day or anything because uh, he wasn't fully healthy. So we never really got the full scope of things with the Evans, but uh, Tim Williams tested really poorly. Ryan Anderson tested really poorly. Um, who else over the years, uh, who was the um, kid that ended up at Baltimore? Um, Courtney Upshaw was Courtney in Alabama. Upshaw. He didn't test well. Um, trying to think of all your other guys over the years. We he's have not. High tower, but he's actually good. Yeah, I don't know whether he tested well or not. He's also off ball, but he did play some on the edge too, I think. Um, so anyway, it just kind of go, and I'm sure I'm forgetting people that I shouldn't be, but there really hasn't been a lot of those guys that have shown out to be great athletes or produced then in the NFL. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Jennings because I do think he's a guy that's certainly capable of playing in the NFL. I don't know what kind of upside there is with him. But my number two guy is Montez Sweat. I think he is – he. when you talk about traits that I want to see from an edge defender, physicality is always there with Montez Sweat. Effort's always there with Montez Sweat. So those are two great boxes to check. He explodes off the snap. He gets upfield in a hurry. The exact opposite I was talking about with Gary. He covers a lot of ground in his first three steps. I pause that tape a lot of times. He is at or passing the hip of the tackle by his third step on a consistent basis when he's teeing off as a pass rusher. He has enough bend to finish the job. I think it only will improve as he refines his overall skill set. A lot of time guys have bend. They're just not really comfortable deploying it because they are kind of unrefined in their whole all-around game. Um, he does need to access counters a lot quicker. You see him drop the pads and flash a long arm at the top of the, the arc so he keeps himself clean as a pass rusher. He's got to get better with his hands, though, there all the way around. There's definitely room to grow for Montez Sweat, but explosiveness covers the ground you need to to get hip to hip with the tackle at the top of the arc and then there's enough bend there and where i can get excited and i'm really excited to see if that continues to be the case this season but he just has really nice body control and i think that's really important for a passer yes he has to get stronger has to play a little bit lower and um you know and, and do some things better in the run game but let's be honest man we're talking about pass rushers here and i think sweat has the most upside of anyone in this class except for our consensus number one, yeah. Nick Bosa. And if you were a GM right now, Trevor Sikama, yeah, would you take Nick Bosa or Ed Oliver number one? Oh, geez. Yep, there it is. Put it to you. <laughs> asking me this in in July. Yep. Come on, man. Yep, yep. you gotta um, make the call. I think I would take Nick Bosa. I would take Nick Bosa as well. I just think he's. I don't know. Nick Bosa's not really missing a whole lot. There's it, not a lot there to be like, yeah, I wish he had that. Right. Size, physicality, intelligence, hands, movement, lower body control, flexibility, pass rush moves. 
the ability to play inside and out, understanding different positions. I don't really know what more you want from Bosa other than to maybe elevate some of those areas because they all exist. Right. He has it all. And yep. so it's, man, they're, people are going to be talking about Nick Bosa the way they talked about Saquon Barkley last year. Um, and I know that's funny for us to say because we both had Darius Guys to RB1s, but Saquon was talked about as truly this generational prospect at his position. And I think that people, you're going to hear the terms from people that they've never scouted anyone like Nick Bosa, even though Miles Garrett came a couple of years ago. But you're going to, you're just going to hear that a lot from people. And the reason is, is because you're going to try to find Holdens in his game and they just, they, they don't, they don't exist. Yep. Yep. He's the real deal. So are we on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, and so is John Owning, who is going to join us tomorrow on the show to talk about his favorite edge defenders, answer some of y'all questions. Uh, going to have a fun time with it on a fan Friday. So, till then, keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft.